Welcome back to Trauma to Soul. This is Love Addiction, Part 8. This is where we wrap everything up with Mandy. You can find us on the web at traumatosoul.com or on Instagram at traumatosoul. Here we go. And that's why I hate going back to the childhood stuff because I always think to myself, you know, there's only so many times you can get out your own little tiny violin and start playing the slow, sad song. Well, it's, it's funny because my therapist, there was certain things that I kept going back to. And I went into, and I, it was so hard to go there. It was one of the most painful places within, but it was the most healing when I had went there. But then I got, I got comfortable going there. Yes. So I went into her office this one time and subconsciously, it wasn't even a thought. I kept going back to that place because I, I, I think there was like some kind of pride that I was like, wow, I can't believe that I'm able to go and reveal this and speak it and feel it and own it. And then one day I went in there, she goes, uh-uh. I go, what's uh-uh? <laughs> she goes, you can do that shit on your own time. She goes, you have been there more than enough to resolve it. If you feel you need to go there, you go do that shit at home. We're not doing ah, that here anymore. And she I'm sounds like, amazing. I know. I was, I was <laughs> pissed. I was pissed. I was humiliated. I was embarrassed. I'm like, you just took away the Shame. one place I finally feel strong in. And she was yeah. just like, that's it. And then she ended up doing that over the course of time with different places. And... You know, I still kind of went there a couple of times because I didn't feel like I was done. But then I started to self-check myself. I would start to go there and I would stop. And she would finally said, she goes, you're done with your past. You are done. Yeah. You've done more than enough than, than you needed to do. How exactly. are you going to fix this today? How does this affect you right now in your relationships with yourself and other people in your life? I don't give a shit what she said or did back then. It doesn't matter. What matters is what you do in this moment with what you're faced with. Do oh. not go back there. Do not use that as an excuse. Do not hold on to that. You got to let that shit go because all it is, is it's holding you back and it has power over you. You don't live yeah. in that house anymore. You live on your own, like a big boy. Why don't you start acting <laughs> that way? And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> but that's real therapy. That's, you know, I, I have friends who have, who have gone to the same therapist for years and years and years. And they never seem to progress. They never seem to get out of that, you know, I was abused or, or and, and I'm not taking away from that. No. I'm just saying, don't fucking live there. Don't live there. You've processed it. And I was the same in my twenties. That was my sob story. You yeah. know, oh, I grew up in a domestically violent home and alcoholism and, you know, all of this stuff. And eventually I was, I got tired of that story because I was like, that's not who I am. That doesn't define me. Yes, it made me who I was, who I am today, and I'm right. grateful. But I don't live there anymore. Yeah. So, and that, but that's a, that's why people stay with their therapists. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because they're comfortable telling the story. I would have told that story for the next six fucking years if she let me. Exactly. But she was like, no. But when you go to therapy, I've been the therapist where they'll just. I never got any better. There was never any growth. Fire those people. Find somebody yeah. that's going to challenge you, that's going to push you further, that can go as deep as you need to go. If I'm paying you $95 an hour to listen to my bullshit, 
I don't want you agreeing with me. I want you to tell me where I'm fucking up, what I'm doing wrong, when I'm stuck in a loop. I want you to show me another perspective. But people get, listen, I was guilty of it. I just wanted somebody to listen to my bullshit. I want somebody to feel sorry for me. I want somebody to say, it's okay. I understand. You don't need to show up for life. Look at all that happened to you. That's all I ever wanted. (laughs) Then I meet this woman and she's like, yeah, no, sorry. That shit don't cut you. Go find somebody else if you don't like it. I'm like, who the fuck are you? I'm like, you're the person I needed to meet. But it's true. And that to me is real, real therapy. Because I mean, I know a lot of people have, there's a stigma attached to it. People are scared to go to therapy. People are scared of looking weak. And I believe like you should go yearly. If you need it, go. If you can afford it, great. But at the same time, if you're going to the same person regurgitating the same fucking story that happened to you 25 years ago, that's not growth. You're stuck there and you need, and you're the only person that can actually get yourself out of that. You're the only person that can be like, okay, fuck it. I'm tired of that story now. But people, people love it because it keeps them in the victim mentality. Yes. And victims get a lot of attention and victims get a lot of, it's going to be okay. And that's, that's how you know where you're coming from a place of ego or you're coming from a place of soul. Like, is my story going to help somebody? Or is my story going to gain me a lot of attention? Right. So, wow, that's amazing. So the the, the transformation from victim to empowerment. Exactly. I stayed a helpless victim. You know, I just had that learned helplessness. And it was was a way of me not walking through fear and uncomfortable feelings. It It was a way of me not owning myself. It was a way of me not saying, this is who I am, judge me, yes or no. It was, poor victim, this is what happened. Feel sorry for him, make his life easier because he can't get out of his own way. Exactly. I don't know if you know when your transformation was out of that, but you know, it. it's so, I mean, I don't think we're ever fully out of it. We're always in that transformation for, in, in some respect. It gets a lot less yes. of victim and, and way more empowerment. But the hardest part for me was like dead middle of realizing that I was helpless victim, realizing that I, I survived on outward attention coming in, validation yep. that I couldn't give myself to the point where you started to learn how to validate. You learned how to start empowering. You started to take control of your life. The next part is the hardest where you really start to own who you are, your voice, and you're true to yourself and you wean yourself off that external validation to the point where it's internal validation, where you don't give a shit about how many people listen to your podcast. You don't give a shit about how many people like your stuff. You don't give a shit about how people are telling you how great your words are and how healing they were. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's just another part of the day. I made dinner, I cut the lawn and I, you know, I did a show. That's yeah. it. So exactly. But that is, and I think that's like a lot of people don't get out of that victim because it, coming out of that for me was one of the hardest struggles. I can't even, you know, looking back at it, I can't believe I did it. It was something stronger inside of me started to push. I didn't, it wasn't a conscious choice. I didn't want to be a victim. I didn't want to live this life. I didn't want to be this way anymore. And something was pushing me to do things that I would never have chosen to do because it went against my role. It went against the validation. It went against who 
I needed people to see me as, like to put out the pain that I feel like I put out and to people to know that I lived in fucking pain to look at me. In my eyes, it was like, people are gonna look at me negatively. I'm doing the exact opposite of gloss and shine. Like, yeah. it is rust and dirt. And like, yeah. I can't show this. <laughs> and people responded positively. Not everybody, I'm still take shit once in a while. <laughs> But I couldn't believe it. And that transformation, I couldn't have gotten this far without people seeing it. Obviously, social media is a safe way. I could put it up. If it doesn't feel right, I could take it down. It's not like I'm standing in front of people. Exactly. But I couldn't do it without the people reading it and telling me it helped. That fueled me. That kept me going. And yeah, at the beginning, it was ego because I was in the I was at the worst possible place in my life. That validation, I held on to it like like a lifeline. Yeah. Eventually, you wean off of it, and it just becomes a you're owning this part of you. It becomes no big deal. It's the next steps now. So that's it. It's the layers. You peel away the layer. I've gotten comfortable here. It's yes. real. I'm not impressed with myself. My writing is no, generic and vanilla and it's repetitive <laughs> and it's the same shit. People see <laughs> through it. I'm not smart emotionally. I got nothing going on. I'm useless. I'm worthless. Oh, and then this layer comes and it's just like, well, if you want, I could stay here and keep writing the same shit for the next 20 years. And, you know, 20 more years of people are going to come through and see yeah. it. I'm not getting anything out of it. And the deeper I go, the more I get out of it, the more others are going to get out of it. So it becomes this thing of it's my soul driving me for growth instead of, wow, you think people are like this? I hope they like it. This sounds exactly. this is intuitive. I've never heard it said, you know, and it's just like, let's see what feedback I get. Now it's like, no, I fucking did it this way. This is the way I know how to do it. It may not work for you. You can follow yeah. if you want, but this is the path that I'm on and take the ride with me or don't. It doesn't matter, but I need to do this so that I can be a better human to myself, a better human to my kids and better human to the people in my life. Cause I want people around i want a community i want a base i want to connect that's all i ever wanted i was just too chicken shit to do it absolutely amazing like amazing that's exactly what it is i can't tell you i mean i i don't have a defining moment like dr phil's light bulb but i know that there was a time where i was tired of being the broken girl I was tired of, of yeah. playing the role of broken, you know, oh, she's got issues. She's got daddy issues. She's got this, she's got that. I was tired of being that person because it wasn't authentically who I was. Yes. Did I experience all that pain? Obviously. And it led me to where I am today. But the point is you, you get tired of that narrative. Yeah. And I also don't, I don't like people to, a lot of people that I speak to, they label themselves, you know, Oh, I'm like, it's good to understand your issues. It's good to understand where they come from, but don't, don't box yourself. Don't, you know, oh, I'm a love addict or I'm an alcoholic or I'm a drug addict or whatever. Yes, you were those things, you know. You, you, you've hopefully grown into something else, but that doesn't define me. You know, I'm not, I'm struggle with love addiction. It's, it's, it's a huge issue for me, but at the same time, that's not who I am. You know, right. that's, not, that's not Mandy. So I think a lot of people get trapped in that way of thinking of, you know, I'm an addict, 
I'm going to be an addict forever. Yes, you will struggle with that stuff forever or until you move to the next plane. But the point is, if you continue labeling yourself like that, you, you actually hinder growth. You hinder the, the, the ability to move past it. And that's the point of the program, to move past it. You know, it doesn't define you. It's a, a set of learned behaviors from trauma, from abuse, and, and it's up to you now to change it. You know, I don't want to be, like you say, you don't want to be 60 on Tinder. I don't want to be 60, like, still writing articles about love addiction. Like, <laughs> I want to be writing something else. You know, you're learning, you're growing. You know, the human experience, it's so vast and varied. Don't box yourself into that label. I think that's what we do. We attach to it. And um, we're going to, we should save this for next time because you just, I just wrote it down. You just, light bulb just went on for me when you were just talking. Um, there's a part, I think, we put responsibility on other people when we get into relationships to take care of certain parts of us. Yes. I don't know how to take care of those parts myself. I don't know what it looks like. And here's the thing. I didn't really know what they were or why they were until recently. I'm having a hard enough time explaining it to myself or admitting it to myself and seeing it to myself. As a man, I feel like I could never tell a woman what these things are. Yeah. And I don't think I'm ever going to have, I know it. I'm, as I'm sitting here, like my, my head is exploding. Can you see like my... <laughs> Yes, I can see the thoughts are racing. It's just, it's flying through. Like I, I will never, until I work on what I just wrote down is, I will never have a fully, I will never fully be available in a relationship. Yeah. And this is the one thing that I have danced around my entire life. Like my whole life is flashing before my eyes dating wise. <laughs> After you just said all of that, we attach to this, this thing and I've never tried, maybe it's just, I've never met anybody that I felt like I could work through it. I mean, I, I did, there was one person, but um, that ended tragically, but the, it's such a hard place to be. It's such a hard thing as a man to admit. It's such a, you know, I just can't even wrap my head around it. Like you just, you know, like you have all these walls of defenses that keep you from knowing this shit. You just poked a, like this big, huge hole in it. And it's all coming out. My head is spinning and my emotions are all over the place. But I, I, I feel like I know where to look now. But labeling, I would label myself in a certain way, exactly what you just said. And yeah. as I would get closer to somebody and we would get to that place, I would want to hand it off to them. Yeah. I never would because it didn't feel safe. I did once and it was great. But when I would get there, then I would retreat because yeah. it took me to that place where I would start to see it. And then I would have to withdraw from whoever she was because it was too close to my truth and my reality. So I would yeah. back, back off <laughs> and then I would never want to go to that place again because I just identified with this. Yes. And I have to, you're right. As soon as we let go of the victim or whatever responsibility we're trying to put on other humans, 
and we start taking care of that. So the more we, the more pieces we put together inside of ourselves, because that's what it is, is a jigsaw puzzle that gets shattered. And there's yep. pieces flying everywhere. The more of those pieces we put together, the more present we can be in a relationship, the better it's going to be. It's when we have too many missing pieces. And then I look across the table at you and I said, she's got my missing pieces. I no longer have to look. The puzzle is complete. And then she's like, well, I'll go out. My girlfriend's on Thursday. All the pieces go away. And immediately she's <laughs> sleeping with somebody and I'm out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, you know, it's, I don't I, I don't want to say that we ever truly like you said earlier about healing you don't ever truly heal and you'll still have those thoughts yeah. you'll still have that initial reaction but it's up to you to distinguish like your thoughts don't control you right. and and the minute they start to control you is the minute you're giving your power away yes. and I think that is what people don't understand like somebody said to me but I, you know I can't stop thinking about it and I'm like you can, but you're choosing not to. <laughs> I don't like that answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's like, what? And I'm like, because you are. It's, it's comfortable for you to be in that space. It's comfortable right. for you to be, like I found myself driving, having these fantasies in my head where I've actually been like, whoa, why am I even thinking that? Like right. I, I need to be thinking about, like I'm big into positive affirmations. And so it's, it's, it's rewiring and not labeling and identifying yourself, firstly, by society, secondly, by your friends and family. It's you. It's you define yourself, and you define yourself primarily through your actions. And the more you heal, the better you will be for the world, as well as yourself. It's a win in both fucking scenarios. It's a so it is. It's it, you know. I, I find I'm a better mother when I'm when I'm more focused and stable, and I'm doing things that make me happy. I'm a better friend. I'm a better partner. I mean, unfortunately, I have to take a break from that. But, <laughs> but it's it's you know, I know I know those parts of myself, and I and I don't want to be that person anymore. I don't want to be the victim. I don't want to be the broken girl. And I hated that. You know, I hated when people were like, you know, they feel so sorry for me because I'm. Had so I mean, I remember going to a therapist, and she was like, "Oh, that's so sore," and I was like, "Wow." <laughs> You, you should have lived it. Right. <laughs> so it's, I was there know, in the making of it. You're just watching the film. <laughs> exactly. I was like, okay, that's a bit of a weird response. <laughs> it is about those things. It is about owning and owning who you are, finding comfort in the things you do, your voice, what you have to say, what you have to contribute. You know, everybody is so fixated on relationships, series, all this other stuff. And I'm like, how are you making the world better? What difference are you making? What are you putting out there? Right. Are, you, are you doing anything to, to aid someone else? I mean, it doesn't have to be these grand gestures, but it can be small. small Give, things. Giving more than taking. That's exactly. That's, but that's the thing. So what would you tell somebody that would, that's struggling with this or doesn't even know it, or it may be like a little glimmer in the back of their head that they need to, you know, start looking at love addiction. Where, where would, where would you, you know, tell them to start? Oh, it's so funny that you asked me that. Cause I actually, I wrote, I wrote an article, which I sent to you. Um, and I. Which is got, an excellent article. You nailed thank it. You, you nailed thank it. You. I got I got quite a lot of good feedback and, and someone actually commented that very thing. They were like, they think they're a love addict. 
they think they have these problems and and reading the article brought some clarity and I was like that's amazing and I would literally give them the advice that was given to me you know when I started the recovery program I stupidly thought I was going to do it alone <laughs> one of the things Russell Brand is very clear on is don't think you're going to do this shit alone you've got to find you know, healing is a mixture of those times that you spend alone and those times that you spend in community. And I wouldn't have been able to delve as deep into any of this if I hadn't found the group that I did. And I went to a sex and love addicts <laughs> meeting and figured out pretty soon that I was I was not a, a sex addict and I was a bit horrified. And and this guy came up to me and he was like, you know gets written all over your face that you are quite horrified by what's being said. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't mean to make anyone feel judged. Um, and he was just like, I was heading to my car and he said to me, don't stop trying. Find the right place for you. And it's, it's just stuck with me. And I went to my next meeting and I, that was the place for me. I found the right place for me. And I think if I could give anybody any piece of advice, it would be don't stop trying and find the place that's right for you. Perfect. I think we should leave. I think we should leave it there. And then I got to tell you, the, the, the beginning of that article, I was hysterical the way you wrote it. It was so funny. I was laughing out loud. I really was. It was so good. I, I read. I read it like several times because there's so much there to to sink in. It was just. It was oh, well written. You. But man, I was hysterical. I wish I could have been there when that interaction <laughs> happened. My face. I just, I actually, I actually said to him, I was like, I'm so sorry if I'm giving off bad vibes. And he was like, no, you just, you look a bit shocked. <laughs> I was like, oh. and, but and thank you so much for reading it. And, and that's the thing, right? So you, you got out, you got out of your comfort zone. You went to someplace uncomfortable and you had yes. this, you know, a, almost like an angel that gave you this message that said, this may not be the place for you, like how he saw it and how he knew. And it, Unreal. And it got you exactly where you needed to be. And Absolutely. that is an amazing story. You. Uh, we we got to get every, everybody to read the article. We'll put it in the show notes. Oh, All right, thanks. let's wrap it up there then. Okay, awesome. Thank right, you, sir. Thank you. This was great. I always love, love, love talking to you. Me too. It's a great flow. <laughs> uh, I'll talk to you next time. <laughs> okay. Bye. All right. That wraps up this eight-part series on love addiction with Mandy. I want to thank Mandy for coming by having a great conversation. You can find all her social in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.